I was going to start an amazing herb garden this fall, but then I realized something. I couldn't find the time. Ah. Yeah. Dead silence in that the room. That sound is the death of a dying so joke. Bad. <laughs> so listen, everybody, gardeners and homesteaders, new and old, and all of them, all of you guys, we are here to talk today about, we haven't decided yet, should we talk about our garden wins or our garden losses for the year 2022? I think we should start on a positive note and go with our garden wins right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Thank you for joining us, everybody. I am Ben Gardner, and I garden in Zone 8A, and I am here with my lovely co-hosts, Batavia from Be Better Garden, who <laughs> always gardens in Zone 6A, despite what I may have told you previously. Yep. <laughs> we have to keep saying this periodically until Batavia gets it in her head. But as you may know, and if you don't know, we are a listener-supported podcast, so please check us out on Patreon at Backyard Gardens, and you can do two things. One, you can get 10% off if you sign up for a whole year. Two, you can get two extra episodes a month. Three, oh, there was a secret one. You can also have a chance to win a one-on-one conversation with Batavian and myself to talk about whatever you would like. We also have a Teespring where you can buy t-shirts and all kinds of fun stuff like that. We are running a discount code until I'll let you know when uh, to get you 20% off. And the code is XMAS2022. So please check that out. We have an Amazon list where we have tried all the products and also YouTube. Check us out. Boom. There it is. Okay, so do you have a lot of garden wins for the year, Batavia? So my kind of, you know, measured answer is I'm not sure. I mean, but my kind of more positive focus on those things answer is yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Realistically, I think that my garden wins, if I look at it, could, list could be longer than my garden fails, but my losses for the year are heavy. But mm. we won't worry about that mm. today. We'll worry about the wins. How's that? Yeah, just so to um, put some parameters around this, we're far too realistic of people <sighs> and gardeners. <laughs> to, you know, you know, listen. You listen know, now. you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. If I wouldn't, if I wasn't able to see you, I would assume that was just something in the background. But looking at your face and that sound coming out of it, I'm not pleased. All right, moving around uh, parameters around this. So of course, our ability to grow food is a win, right? Oh, but yeah. because we are realistic people and realistic gardeners, and we're continuing to strive for improvement, we have to be able to stop and say, "All right, what didn't go the way we expected?" So. Yeah. Don't worry, we're not being Debbie Downers when we get to the episode or the part of the episode around losses. It's just something that we do and we recommend that y'all do when it comes to looking back on your garden year. Well, I mean, it's it's all about being realistic and I don't want to... I don't want to keep my head in the clouds and be like, everything was perfect. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. always that way. Um, But it is... And one of the reasons why 
we're starting with the the wins is because it's it's important to stay positive. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, the the trick here it is the trick is can you do a whole podcast talking about wins? Because I know when we start talking about losses and start analyzing them, that could be a part one, two, three, and a foe. It don't matter. <laughs> so we're fixing to give it to y'all just straight up. Um, the wins this year, they go all across the board for us. Um, I garden in all four seasons as much as I can. Winter is my slower season, but I still am able to get some kind of food out. Mm-hmm. I think each month, maybe January, not so much, but I'll just call it each month to make it simple. Um, and I know Batavia, she's been pushing back um, how far? Like three seasons now? You're a three mm-hmm. season gardener? So I'm in the garden, outside in the garden from March through like the end of December. If we have a very mild early winter, which generally in Chicago we do. Yeah. So, and we know. Or I know what happens when Miss Batavia goes into the garden in January, too. I have a video that shows. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about that. He's um, when you wonder if your friends are laughing at you or with you know that this guy's laughing at me. Uh, and so I with had a, you. a slip and fall. I was just talking about this like last week. I don't remember the circumstance. Oh, we were talking about air fryers and like the sacrifice I made to get an updated air fryer was, you know, sliding all around my backyard on the ice that clearly was under all of the snow. But anywho, you know, when I was in my deepest depths of COVID uh, a month or so ago, (laughs) Batavia sent me that video again and it it literally brought me back. So, um, you know what? Actually, let's move that to the loss episode because that happened in January. (laughs) It happened this year. Good grief. Oh, so, um, I mean, do you want to start with like seeds and work our way through starting seeds or, or how do you I mean, want to I do this? I don't have a laundry list of, um, kind of seed starting wind. So I, I mean, I think I have enough to kind of create the full experience. I will kick us off there though. Go. Um, my goal, and I have always have a lot of goals around seed starting and I don't always get to it, you know, but. I wanted to start seeds much earlier and I started seeds uh, like January 17th or 18th. So that was an absolute win. And that was, if I'm not mistaken, my peppers, which if you fast forward, you know, later in the episode, you'll hear about how my peppers were also a win. Um, So I feel good around that kind of full circle moment, you know, we've made it seven minutes in and Batavia is already flexing. I love it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But to match your flex, I can't really talk about my seed starting one because I started my seeds in 2021. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my winter seeds, I actually pushed out earlier than normal and started them the week of Christmas last year. And it worked out mm. really good. I'm going to I'm going to continue to do that. Um, my, you know, my cabbages and stuff like that were really strong. And mm. I, the arguments there, they're already a little too early, though. So there is that, but it was more convenient for me. So I was willing to take that risk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there comes a point where you're like, okay, I I had to either delay it and be a little bit more inconvenienced because I'm really big on like the holidays being for the holidays and with family. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be out there digging in soil during that time. So um, that worked out really good for me. And that was like you, I started my other seeds earlier as well. And I was able to stick to a time schedule on that and it worked out 
fl- almost flawlessly for me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. seed starting for spring was a huge win for me. Yeah, and of course the the peppers, which would have been the first things that I started, weren't for spring. Um, for spring, I definitely had wins with kind of getting my celery, which I've heard has been difficult to start um, out the door, as well as chard, which um, did really well for me this year as well in the garden. So those yeah. were some of the things that I planted out for spring. You know that I started from seed early, which I absolutely consider a win. Um, Especially anything that I can keep in my garden throughout all of the growing seasons for me and keep it healthy. That's really huge for me. Yeah. Um, when you so you started your peppers in January. When do you, did you plant them out? Mm, yeah, you know that's roughly? when it all falls apart. <laughs> so, I didn't get them pep, uh, planted out until like maybe the second week of May. Okay, so you kept them inside for a minute. Well, I started hardening them off like right at um, April 30th. And so I, okay. I'm thinking like around the 10th, between the 10th and the 15th of May is when I actually planted them out. And then how big were they when you put them out? Uh, they were, I like to compare them to like seedlings you'd see in the good old days in the the uh, home improvement stores and the nurseries and all, they were sizable. Like most of them had six or seven true leaves, maybe one or two were probably even starting to produce flowers, which isn't ideal. That's not like a sign of success. Uh, But I was satisfied with all of them with the exception of the habanada, which is one of my favorite sweet peppers, kind of very flavorful. Um, And it's the second year I've planted that out. And um, it's just super slow. It was super slow last year, super slow from seed to transplant and super small. Um, So, I mean, outside of that, though, everything else was really, really looking healthy. So I was pleased. Last year's pepper plants went out really, really small. That's and that's why I wanted to start them earlier this year. Yeah, that's um, I mean, that's a long time to have them inside taking care of them. But it sounds like yeah, it, it worked and out it well was painful for you, too. But again, focusing yeah. on the positive, I still struggle with um, a lot of aphids on pepper plants. So, I mean, the amount of times I was rinsing those things off leaves and all of that stuff. Um, I know there are other methods you can use to control that. Um, but the longer they were inside, the more I had to manage that. Yeah, but still, I mean, it sounds to me. You know, a lot of times, let's see, I start my pepper seeds around Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. and then I get them out late April at the latest, usually. So it sounds to me like, you know, if I follow suit, I could probably start mine a little bit earlier. And I think I actually did start pepper seeds a little bit earlier than my tomatoes last year because my tomatoes ended up like just taking over my seed starting shelf at one point in the past. And it just, it got to be a real headache, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, so for it, just a quick note, um, see, seems slower to germinate. I don't, I'm not diagnosing that this year, my peppers. I started them last year, March 15th on, on or around. Yeah. March 5th, March 15th. That sounds right. And I started them this year, like basically two months earlier. 
Um, I'm telling you, they were like so small last year when they went out. And so technically that puts me at around three months of indoor growth. If you think it took, you know, seven, 10 days or something to germinate. Yeah. Um, so three months of growth. I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, and all in all, I probably could have started hardening them off maybe a week earlier, but I'm not going to get, you know, kind of into that nuanced detail. I'm pretty pleased with um the indoor growing, the seed starting of it all, the keeping as many plants as I could healthy. I had an overflow. I had more pepper plants than I could actually get into the garden. Right. Um, I had the same issue with pepper plants this year. Um, but moving on, my potatoes were amazing. This year is my first year growing uh, white potatoes. And it was super easy Got them in the ground around Valentine's Day like I'm supposed to. Um, they just they did their own thing. I didn't do a damn thing with them. <laughs> and when they all died back, I harvested a bunch of potatoes. And I was pretty impressed with that. Even in compacted soil and everything, I still got what I deem a, a good harvest for a first-year growth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So moving forward, I'm I'm debating now how much space should I give my potatoes for the next year? Congratulations. Yeah. I was pretty happy about that. What about you? How how well, I was going to ask how your potatoes went, but that may not be on your list. Yeah, no, it's not on my list. I don't know that it's on either <laughs> list. Um kind of <laughs> Oh, it's in the um, no man's land list. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hovering. I think I need to eat more of them before I can decide whether it's a win or a loss. Yeah. Uh, I think the, and I'm, in my mind, I'm kind of going along the calendar. That's the way my mind processes things sometimes. Yeah. So um, a win for um, kind of moving outdoors was getting the garden areas prepped in the way that I wanted to. Right. So I'm going to take it as a win, although it took much longer and it actually delayed a lot of my plantings. But I feel really good about kind of the setup that I have for kind of going into next year. Now, I did pull out some landscape timbers and I put them alongside my garage thinking like, I wonder if I could build a small bed there. Because um, yeah. I can't help myself. But based on kind of the, the Chicago winters and how the concrete is cracked and it's not even, I think I'm going to talk myself out of it. Um, but the work I did to prep the garden in the spring, I felt like will pay off for years to come. And so this is also probably marking what's probably near, if not the last kind of garden expansion for me. So that's pretty significant. I'm not saying that I'll never expand my garden, but I think I'll be settled in in kind of the growing spaces I created, you know, for the next few years easily. Excuse me. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. (coughs) So that puts me at somewhere around like, April, May-ish. Oh, you're going to time activity. jump. I got you. You're just going to time jump just like that. I'm just telling you, like, I didn't have a win until April or May. What do you want me to do here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and truth be told, I mean, your garden is not doing much in those in-between months other than starting mm-hmm. seeds and stuff. So, um, yeah, if, if, you know, I'm thinking other than my potatoes for like early spring, mm-hmm. there wasn't much going on in my garden. I was able to get my... Uh, raised beds built inside the wild garden this year. So I was pretty happy about that part of it. And we're going to leave that one there for now. 
Um, yeah. But it was, you know, it was, I was happy to be able to do that because it kind of, it's like you said, it kind of sets you up for the future. And yeah. it took me longer and cost me more than I wanted, which is not a win for sure. But, um, you know, if I go into April and stuff like that, I mean, man, I had explosive growth early in the uh, spring. I've never had growth like that before. Um, just, you know, my turnips and stuff, I did like, I think I did like a fourth sowing of turnips come about March or April. Yes, ma'am. Was that was that spring sowed or was that stuff that you had sowed last winter? Of the explosive growth stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, spring sowed. So I was running really low on stuff in the garden come, I'd say early March. And then I was replenishing at that point. So mm-hmm. as I did that, I was able to get a number of things going in the garden. I did a lot of reconstruction last fall or, or last winter. So that was kind of a point of contention within my garden because there's a lot of new spaces that were just kind of amended and built and stuff like that. But when I was able to do my last and final sowing of like radishes and turnips and lettuces, I was able to get really good growth off that. And the greenhouse was, did really well last year. Um, spoiler alert. It looks like the greenhouse is probably going to do pretty good this year, but it's still way too early to tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did have like, I had like a lot of chard in the greenhouse all winter. I'm um, actually had so much that I could not eat it all. It just, it just grew. So, which isn't a bad <laughs> thing because it keeps the soil active so instead of just sitting there dead, collecting weeds, which that, you know, we did have a weed outbreak in there. But um, hmm. that was a big win for me because this is now going to be my third winter with the greenhouse. Damn, I'm getting old. And um, making adjustments each year is really big. And I'm going to, since I'm talking about the greenhouse, I'm going to fast forward all the way to right now, today. And this is the first time that I've got a patch of carrots successfully germinated inside the greenhouse. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that. That was one thing that I really wanted to grow in the greenhouse when I got it. And last year I didn't, I couldn't get them to uh, germinate the year before I couldn't. And then this year I re-sowed again and we now have like full germination. So I've got a, probably a square foot and a half of um, carrots in there and everything in the, in the greenhouse is really small scale. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's not like it's this massive food production, but if I can get them to get their first true leaves, which should happen soon before it starts getting cold, then I should be good and I'll be able to get a harvest earlier from the greenhouse while the rest of the carrots start to catch up in the spring. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about it, actually. Okay. Go. I think for um, carrots is actually probably just connecting with you there. Carrots have been mixed for me, but generally speaking, a huge win. Like I have gone from this is probably the sixth year I've tried to grow carrots. Mm-hmm. And the the, uh, the last three years, so half of those years like it took me the last three up until the last three years to actually produce a carrot. And I quite literally went from like three years ago I had one carrot to harvest <laughs> like, 
And I was yeah. just like, Tom Hanks, like, I created a carrot. Yeah. Right? Super duper excited about it. And then last year was uh, more of a success story. And then this year, and this is a huge, 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 huge piece for me across the board. I found like, I feel like I'm finally getting my hands around, not all, but some of the timing for planting and the quantities, right? So summer plants, I'm pretty, I mean, it's, that's what I've grown for almost all of the years I've garden, right? So generally speaking, planting time, solid quantity, you know, per plant, that's I'm still working out that that formula. But something like carrots, I know hands down, I need to get those in in April, period, point blank. And this is for me in my area. Anything I try to sow beyond April, it's questionable. Right. Right. You know, so I've sold in early April. I've sold in late April. Both of those time periods produce. So I actually have a window to stagger them even, which I think is pretty freaking cool. And because of the combination of maybe not being able to grow them and the quest to grow them and then finally growing them, somehow it's become one of my favorite vegetables. I mean, who knew? (laughs) Carrots are cool to grow, man. You know, the first year I grew them, this is my third year growing them as well. Uh, the first year I grew them, I, I sowed them in spring and I got a harvest out in like July, which, you know, is not perfect. You know, mm-hmm. you want to kind of get them out when it's a little bit cooler. And I was excited about that. And I, I was talking to somebody. Oh, man, I can't remember the name of them. It's a seed supplier in North Carolina. I can't remember who it was. But they were telling me, um, you know, October is a really good time to sow carrots in this state because you can get them started and then you can get that early harvest that you're looking for. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm going. So this spring, I actually did not sow any carrots this spring. And I just decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it in the fall and then I'll get them in the spring. And then I can even come back in the spring this year and I'll probably do like a smaller patch just to try and like figure out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said about like getting it down and figuring it out. So like right now I have one, two, three, four, four carrot patches in my garden and I'm going to continue sowing more because the theory is, and I really hope this works out. Gosh, I hope this works out. I'll be able to harvest them before something else needs to go in their place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, gosh, I hope it works out. Like I'm planning, yeah, but yeah, right? um, I, uh, forgive so me, it's I was good dist- to have that. I was distracted. I got I got a call from a good girlfriend, and her grandmother has been ill, and so I, you know, texted her. I'm on a call. Is everything okay? And she literally said, "You know, I've been talking so much about your salsa that grandma wanted to try it. Do you have any more?" <laughs> and so she's like we'll pay you for it and i'm like come on like really your money is not any good i'll be over there this week i'll bring a jar she's like uh two jars i'm like all right now come on now yeah <laughs> so um i did it's the recipe that you gave me um so cracking the cold that's not this year's win cracking the code of salsa um this isn't a win but i want to take you know a, a small break break um insert the word if you you know it um I 
early and often. I'm going to keep saying it until I actually start doing it. Harvesting early and often. Yeah. Um, so you talk about kind of the way that you have those carrots and those different plots. And I'm talking about like, I think I got a solid month, easily a solid month where I could, you know, uh, stagger the plantings, the sowings. Now, the only asterisk around that whole staggering, especially earlier in the season is I don't know like is it, it we'll see next year if it ends up catching up with you know itself you know so something i saw on april 1 does it catch up with what i saw on april 20th i don't know but we're gonna figure it out um but the intention when i go into kind of maybe i'll take a win as like relearning this lesson of harvest these things early and often we've been talking about it all this year we've been talking about it for years and i felt like this year and, and maybe this does have a better place in the losses i felt like this year i felt kind of the brunt of uh my lackadaisical harvesting you know and yeah. things that really were so i had enough in my garden to be harvesting and enjoying and the you know kind of womp womp moment is that i still miss some opportunities but it's such a blessing to know that you know these things were producing you know um so that's what i got yeah <clears throat> you know i th- I've done that with peas before, mm-hmm. so technically I can sow peas in January, and typically I sow them in March, and the ones I sow in January end up the same sizes as the one I sow in March mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. so there's not really that big a difference. The only difference is I'm kind of, I'm starting seeds earlier in the year, like planting in the garden, so... I don't know. It works out, but at the same time, like I could, it's hit or miss. Like, I mean, if I feel like going out there in January, then I will. But otherwise, for me, it's just like you might as well just wait and give it yeah. time, you know, and let everything there's catch up. There's also the balance. If there, even if it catches up, there's also the balance. And these things are nuanced. Um, the I'm only going to check one row. Let's say as an example of carrots, if I sowed them in, you know, on April one. You know, versus if I sold all of my carrots, now I'm like, you know, the workload is a little bit larger. And just obviously know that I'm not just sowing carrots on April 1. There's other activity in the garden. Um, and so, again, this is I mean, we're in October now. So whether or not I still have that strong opinion next year, I don't know. But it feels good to say, I mean, I firmly believe um, sowing carrots in May for me is hit or miss. Right. You know, they definitely may they may. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help myself produce. But my best success has been with April sowings. And I feel like being able to tune that in and to be quite frank, do it now. So apply that and move on to the next vegetable. I mean, that's huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have an announcement to make. I got Brussels sprouts last year. Three years in. (laughs) Now, let's not let's not go crazy. They were the size of maybe two pencil erasers when I got them, <laughs> but I got Brussels sprouts. So there, there it is. I said it. I said it out loud. I've put it into the universe. Um, I have threatened for years that like I'm not going to do Brussels sprouts if I didn't get a harvest, and I got it. So we're gonna keep moving forward with them. Damn it. Um, I have set myself up for failure this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was out of my control, but we're going to do it again and we're going to see what happens. I've planted them in an area that gets a lot of sun. 
So we'll see what happens. But um, I know I hear through the grapevine that you're actually growing Brussels sprouts, and I want to know more about it. Well, I'll send you the website where I'll be selling all of my Brussels sprout harvest because it's just that much. No, uh, I, I joke. So uh, I learned what Brussels sprouts look like as they grow. <laughs> so that's making lemonade out of lemons. I accidentally right. purchased Brussels sprout starts. I thought they were collards. And it <laughs> took me a while to figure it out. Right. So now I know I'll, I'll never make that mistake again when it comes to what those leaves look like. Um, but I was also successful in starting Brussels sprouts from seed indoors and transplanting them out. And they transplanted out like, you know, like that's how big they were (laughs) and it's showing now but um i think every year i can add a a brassica to my list of starting from seed is a win um i learned a lot about brussels sprouts in this first year you know which you don't always you're not always able to say for something you're trying to grow for the first time um so i'll continue to grow them but i already have notes on how i'll make adjustments you know, so just quickly, one of the things I'll do is um, prepare for staking, you know, so all of my plants didn't get to four feet tall, but some of them did, you know, so I'll make steps similar to how you, you make steps to cage something like a tomato, like to stake it from the beginning. I'll do that and that, that'll save me some trouble. But more importantly, um, I was really waiting and seeing because I was so unfamiliar with growing Brussels sprouts. And if I, a little bit of intervention probably would have gotten me more Brussels sprouts. So um, aphids, and I know how you feel about them. And I say this every time I bring up aphids, but aphids on Brussels sprouts are different than aphids on other leafy greens. Um, and primarily it's the circumference of the leaf, right? You know, so a big collared leaf, you got a lot of space if, you, if aphids cluster. Spray them, they're gone, right? Uh, for Brussels sprouts, they it's less about them being on the leaves of the Brussels sprouts and more about them being on the actual sprout itself. And so you've seen them in the grocery stores. You've, you know, every recipe says, cut the Brussels sprouts off, pull off the first couple of leaves that are, you know, that are bruised or yellowed or whatever. Now think about that in my garden. And I have a number of leaves that basically have aphid residue that have yellow, that have browned. So I should have treated that earlier. And then finally for Brussels sprouts, um, I planted mine in May and they're still in the garden now. Yeah. It's a long time. It's like what, 150, 160 days. And while half of them were really small, the other half were really healthy transplants. And so I would have topped them off much earlier. And we briefly talked about topping off like um, pepper plants way back when. But um, I would have not let them get so big and then put more energy into producing and maturing the sprouts. So and that's not to say every plant, but the plants, once they were getting large, I knew of the concept. I just didn't take the action. So, but huge, huge win. I, don't, I still don't know what the end harvest is going to be, but I feel great about generally well, speaking you know, this year. Years ago, I went to, um, I used to do all of my grocery shopping at like BJ's. Do you know what BJ's is? No. It's like a There's Costco a BJ's or I have Sam's. It's like a restaurant, but yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a Costco or a Sam's. Um, mm-hmm. And they sold Brussels sprouts that were still on the stock. So this was years ago before mm-hmm. I even thought about growing Brussels sprouts. So I was, I was like, dang, 
it helped me out. So I know, I know when I grow them, like how they're going to look on the stock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's how you bought them there. Um, and they were discounted because nobody wanted to pick them off. So we had a lot of Brussels sprouts that <laughs> year. But I think, I don't know if I should say this out loud or not, but I'm going to. I got some seeds a couple years ago from Baker's Creek. And every year they grow the exact same. They mm-hmm. stay small. They don't do much. And this year I went um, because I was sick and I didn't have my seeds do well. I couldn't take care of them. I went and bought some starts mm-hmm. and they're totally different kind of plant. It looks completely mm-hmm. different than the ones that I've been starting. So I think that my issue, part of my issue um, historically has been the variety that I'm growing, I think. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say on this podcast that Baker's Creek sells bad seeds, but I'm going to say that I wasn't impressed in the way they grew and they just didn't look like a normal plant would look, you know, like a you would think. So when I got these other ones and I've been keeping my eye on it and I was actually before we recorded this, I was doing my first greenhouse store video for the fall. And I had mentioned that, like, I showed the difference in the two. And I'm going to be curious to see how they do against each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that I started them. I got them in the ground later, like much later. But at the same time, they can take a, a chill. And in the greenhouse typically is a, a better place for them. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, that we don't I don't get frost in there really at all. Mm-hmm. That I, I don't think I do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't. It gets below freezing, but nothing ever has frost on it. Don't know why that is. Uh, There's probably a science to it that I'm not aware of, which is okay. But I'm curious to see moving forward, like, what the two are going to do, because I'm definitely going to get a different variety next year. I'm not ready to throw the towel in. Um, And that's especially because I was able to, I had to get them in so late. Ideally, I would have gotten them in the ground two months before I did this year. Um so we'll see moving forward. I need to do some more research, but that's what I like about all of this is, you know, you, you figure out a plant and you just start trying to hone in on it each year, you know? And I mean, there's not, but so many, I mean, how much cabbage and carrots and stuff can you grow when you have a larger space, you know? So you have room to play around with different kinds of crops. Yeah. I think, um, as I, this this isn't a win, but I want to comment on it. I mean, I think okay, well, I'm gonna put it as a win, but not like in my top ten win category. Um, being reminded that variety matters, like the the variety of a thing you grow matters. I think it's yeah. super important. Um, I have had mixed results when it comes to starting spinach. I mean, years of growing spinach, mixed results of like successfully growing it. And I have a bunch of different varieties. And this past fall, I started to realize, all right, the description of this variety is great, but it ain't working for you, you know? And so if you look at Brussels sprouts, there are two things. And this is a real, like, this is a quiet part out loud. There's something to be said about what I got as a transplant from the store for Brussels sprouts as an example and then what I got from starting from seed 
right? I'm, I don't know the variety I picked up from the store. They, you know, at this point now they're barely labeling that stuff. It wasn't even labeled Brussels sprout. That's how I accidentally bought it. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's something to be said about which was the stronger plant, right? Um, yeah. And I do think that, you know, generally speaking, there are only a couple of things that I grew historically from transplants purchased compared to me starting my seeds. A lot of them, it doesn't make a difference. I have just as good as a pepper year if I'm growing them from my own seeds versus, you know, something I purchased. But there's some things that I've noticed a difference in in the production. Really? Um, and so, yeah. And so, you know, I, I keep that in mind when it comes to, you know, if I'm going to put aside, what if I put aside 50 bucks, I'm going to get like two transplants now you know, for $50. Yeah. But I think it's worthwhile for me to say, especially with my history of, you know, struggling with starting some of these things, it's okay to set aside some budget money for these vegetables you really want to grow and purchasing them, purchasing them as transplants. So that's what I got. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and on the discussion of varieties, you know, I went back to growing Roma tomatoes and had a great mm-hmm. spring, early summer with my Roma tomatoes. And I was able to get a second sowing in. Um, I had some leftover starts. I put them in a little late. I've never done this. And I can remember clearly... <clears throat> One August, calling Batavia and saying, you know, my tomatoes have a bad disease. Mm-hmm. They're just ravished at this point. And I was going to the store to do something. I was like, they still got tomato starts out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember having the conversation with you about, like, you think I should get them and put them in or do you think it's a waste? And we kind of both were like, eh. I mean, they're selling them for a reason, but you know how that could be. So this mm-hmm. year, because I had some extra ones laying around and they were in pretty bad shape, I wasn't watering because, you know, I kind of just didn't care about the seedlings at this point. They were it was mm-hmm. months later. Um, I ended up just putting them in the ground and they are full grown plants right now. They're full of green tomatoes. I'm more than likely, I think at this point, not going to get a red tomato off of them. But it was it allowed me to see like, hey, if you plant this like a month earlier, especially with like Romas, because we know they're determinant. And they kind of come and go. So once they start to slow down, if I put more Roma tomatoes in, then I should be able to continue my harvest throughout the summer. Because last year was the year that I deviated from that and I grew orange banana tomatoes and I hated them. I hated not having a red tomato. I didn't grow a single red tomato last year, so that wasn't good. But in 2022, I had... A really good year we you know we canned a bunch of cans of tomatoes and stuff like that um and even now like it's not the greatest and we're just about tonight it's supposed to get to 39 degrees mm-hmm. so and we're gonna have two nights of that now it could get below that it could get above that i don't know uh, we have a frost watch in effect so if they make it through i still have a little bit more time but the sunlight's hurting at this point it's where the sun's really low so I don't know what the chances are. I'm hoping that I might be able to get like a light flush of red tomatoes, but I'm not going to hold my breath completely. But moving forward, I call it a win because I know that if I put my tomatoes in April 15th-ish, um, I usually do it April 21st to be exact. And then I come back like June 21st and I put them in. 
then I'll be able to continuously get tomatoes until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, That's so huge. This, yeah. yeah. And so this year, you know, I always talk about on here and everywhere else that, you know, go ahead and pull up your tomatoes, pull up your tomatoes. They're not going to make anything else. But this year, I really want to leave them in because I want to see how they do based on the second planning that I did. You know, I mean, as of right now, they look fine. They look, they're lush, they're green. And you compare them to my other Roma tomatoes that are sitting around, dude, they look kind of rough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was uh, talking about this on a recent video um, because we are at the point where we've gotten down to like 34, 35 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, like overnight going into the early morning hours. And so I went ahead and pulled everything that was summer like off of the plant so all of my peppers i still had a couple of eggplants so i pull all that stuff off uh, so there's no mad dash like is it going to be a frost is this thing going to survive so i feel good about that um, but one of the comments i made was peppers are actually they've become the hardest thing for me to to part with not just yeah. because i had a kick-ass pepper year because i did <laughs> no not because of that but because year over year over year they're always the healthiest plant at the end of the season and end of the season i mean like going into the frost they almost always yeah they almost always have flowers on them i think yeah. i said something like you know if i had another month like these things would just totally kick butt i'm like but that's not my truth so i'm gonna get past that um but compared to tomatoes where anytime i've had tomatoes in my garden in october but they have looked like they're on life support the fruit themselves most times look fine but the plant is like i have given all i could give you know yeah. so uh it's interesting to hear that you have still healthy tomato plants and there's something there. We'll, we'll talk about that offline when it comes to, you know, it's the same garden, likely treated the same way in the why. You probably already know, and I have some ideas as to the why as well. But that's super cool. That's an absolute win. Yeah, it is. And I mean, my tomato, so my pepper plants are hurting right now, but they've got a handful of pepper. I mean, it's like you said, every year before the frost, they really start producing more and more. I don't know if it's like, the cool weather coming stresses them to try and produce more maybe. But I'm like you, they are the hardest to get rid of because they just, <laughs> you keep seeing peppers come up on them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why should I? And it's like, I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of this cold. I yeah, don't know yeah. what's going to happen, but I'm still, I mean, I have a handful of peppers out there. I don't want to take them down. And they're, and my peppers are looking a little rough too. Um, I have, I have to amend my soil this year, which we'll talk about in another podcast. Mm-hmm. So, the only ones that are struggling for me are the ones that were in some containers that I neglected here and there through the summer. Yeah. Um, I have a special announcement and I'm just going to pull the bandaid off. I put on socks today. Already? Dude, listen, I had a moment where I, ta- I had a conversation with myself, said, like, who are you doing this for? You're too old to be playing this game. You, like, I was going to say, the older you get, the miserable. weaker you get. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, my mom hasn't even asked me yet. That's how early this is. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> it started with footies. I felt that, that that was a cheat. A cheat. I know you're like one of footies. I know you asked me that when I mentioned it before. Uh, but I started, you know, with kind of the woolish type socks, you know, that you walk around instead of house shoes. And then today I was just like, I'm not going to go outside with Crocs with no socks on. I'm not going to freeze for my garden walk. I'm putting on socks and that's it. You know, so, um, but (laughs) I say that to say, um, we have 
about four or five days in a row that our lows are going to be 34 degrees. And I've been keeping an eye on things, but this is that this is the heartbreak weather, right? Yeah. We're going to get like a week of, you know, mid to 40, mid forties as a low, which is like great for fall season, you know, crops. Um, and it's just going to be week to week until we get to the point of, you know, my first frost and then it still will be week to week. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. Well, I, mean, so, it's, I mean, it's, I accept it. I don't like it. Not one bit, but you know. Well, let's, let's fast forward to fall then real quick. What What's going good right now? I'm the thinking. silence is deafening everybody. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you need to fast forward to the the lost episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, fall ha- fall has been a struggle like no other. I uh, a listener, and I'm shouting out a listener who commented around, you know, continued sewing, and it was a reminder of what I said I was going to do and what I didn't do. So I didn't sew like every month this year and it's still a goal of mine, but I really picked things up in July kind of after the, you know, tomato gate and I was sewing everything and so little produced direct sewing, you know, starting seeds indoors, starting seeds outdoors. But if there's a win, it wasn't like kind of zero production. I do have fall plantings that are in my garden and so like I'm pleased with that I, I struggle with calling it a win because I just don't think I'm going to have enough time in my season for those things to mature which is kind of sad I'm trying to think for me um, I, I mean I've got my turnips are going all the carrots and stuff are good um, everything is looking good now but a lot of things are smaller than I would like for them to be because of my hold up I had mm-hmm. um but for the most part, unless we have a crazy winter, I think I should be okay. It's nothing that a few low tunnels couldn't fix if I had to. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect. Um, you know, we're getting this little cold tonight. So the fall vegetables will love it. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm really hoping that it doesn't get too cold. and doesn't affect the tomatoes too much because we're going to get back up in the 70s and 50s at night. Mm-hmm. So if that happens... Then, you know, if everything makes it through this, then I should be able to sail through the next couple weeks at least and continue getting some growth. Um, but, you know, for the most part, most things are doing well. The uh, the wild garden. I did a video a while back, a while back about the bad soil that I have and mm. I've amended it. Halfway amended, it, I'd say maybe quarter, um, you know, trying to correct the issue and things are going okay. Um, you know, one bed's actually doing pretty good. Another bed's doing all right. And then um, another, the sweet potato bed that I had seems to be on the up and up for now. But you, I want to remind everybody, um, like I said in the video that I did, I'm planting everything in that bed in order to help work the soil. Mm -hmm. So I'm not completely sold on the fact of like, hey, I'm going to get a lot of carrots out of it Mm -hmm. because I had compaction issues. So the win for that would be if I get carrots to drill down into that compacted soil some, that's all I that's all I care about. It's not necessarily about harvesting a full blown carrot from there. It's more about making it so the soil's better and ready to accept nutrition for next year. So, um, you know, I have low hopes for it, but 
that's going to set me up for a win. <laughs> and if I get a carrot to eat, then I'm, I'm happy. And, you know, it's not like it won't be good to eat, but moving forward, it just will kind of be what it is. So, on that note, it has come to the time where we stop talking about food and let you know that we have a recipe of the day. All right, everybody. So I was unprepared and Batavia tried to steal it from me, but I think I found a pretty good one. I'm going to give you a recipe that we have had once and it was very good. And it is an almond pear tart. So um, pears are great for fall. Um, They usually come into season about this time and they are delicious. So I'm going to give you the easy way. Because I'm not a baker, so I'm not going to tell you how to make the dough. But if you know how to make it, go for it. Um, You're going to need a pastry for single crust pie. So you can get like a tube of it or what have you. A three quarters cup and an extra two teaspoons of sugar. So you want those divided. Three tablespoons of flour. Four cups of sliced peeled fresh pears. And that usually equals to be about uh, four medium pears. And three tablespoons of sliced almonds. Um, You're going to flour your surface, roll your dough into a 10-inch circle, and then you're going to put it on parchment paper, lined baking sheet, and then combine in a bowl the sugar, flour, and pears, and you're going to toss it all to coat, and then you're going to spoon it over the crust with and leave two inches on the edge. And then you're going to fold it over, and sprinkle the, sh- the rest of the sugar on top. And at this point, when you fold it over, if you take your fork and you kind of push on it, you'll get that nice um, seal on the edge. You're going to bake it at 450 for 15 minutes until the crust is golden and filling is bubbly. Sprinkle with almonds and then bake it for five minutes longer. And the trick here. When we had it, it, was the almonds were brown just a little bit on top, and it released more of the flavor. And then you you gotta let it cool though, okay? Don't do what I did and just bite into it. It's terrible. I have burn marks going down my face. So um, make sure that you let it cool and enjoy it. This is a great one for uh, Thanksgiving dinner too. So okay. and if you don't have a pear tree. You can go to an orchard and pick your pear trees. And if you look at pickyourown.org, they will have a list of farms in which you can do so. I don't have a pear tree because I pulled mine out. You know what? I forgot to talk about my biggest win of all. And I'm not closing out the episode until I tell y'all that I got peaches last year. Booyah. (laughs) Y'all your peaches. (laughs) I got some y'all your peaches. I planted them in the fall. And in July, I got about 50 or 60 peaches off of it. And it was about to break in half. So I got peaches and I put another peach tree in this year. And I put a plum tree in too. And I pulled up a pear tree because it was pissing me off. I have one more pear tree that's on its last leg. It's got one more year and then it's done. So this is a cheat because I'm going to ask you to respond in the same way so the peaches were the most exciting moment for me for your garden yeah right by far the most exciting i could not believe that i got peach i didn't expect it first year i planted it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now in return you have to 
express the uh, the best moment from my garden that you observed. I, well, oh, we can't do that until the next episode. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you pulled up that carrot, um, that was a moment. That yeah, was a moment. Because yeah. seriously, yeah. when people, when you grow carrots, they don't come out picture perfect a lot of times. And the one that I saw was picture perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, it looked like... Ones but, too. Mostly on. though... Hold on. Mostly ugly because they cracked, which ties into uh, picking early and harvesting early and often. Um, so you just pulled my mom. My mom does this where she over talks you. Mm-hmm. But when you try and keep going, she talks louder. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you just look down like you were just looking at your shoes. Like, <laughs> I was gonna I'm sorry, say, buddy. That carrot was like, I mean, it looked like Bugs Bunny was gonna come around the corner and grab mm-hmm. it. You know, you know how cartoon food just looks so damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it had that look. So that was the moment. I was proud of you. Thank you, thank you. It was a proud moment. You're welcome. So, everybody, I hope you had great wins in your garden this year. And I hope you remember those because on the next episode, we will be talking about failures. And I'm going to go ahead and forewarn you there is going to be a lot to learn from it because we have diagnosed and re diagnosed and re 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 diagnosed these problems over and over so we can try and fix them. So, hopefully, you'll learn a lot from that one. But hopefully, you enjoyed this one. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon. Teespring, all that good stuff, Amazon and YouTube. So check us out. And until next time, see ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.